Tamara by Chemical Pixie, narrated by Noelle Zingarella of hpfanfictalk.com. Rated for teen audiences. Dorcas knew the only way to stay out of trouble was to bring some back. She wasn't supposed to be out this early, but she couldn't sleep again. Too many thoughts were running through her head, and she knew they weren't dreams of her own. Dorcas never needed the foot rack to climb the coconut trees. Her feet had always stayed the perfect width apart, and she had always been able to climb up with relative ease. Much later, after crossing the fearsome ocean and journeying to a magnificent castle, she learned it was her magical abilities that had enabled her to climb. But this morning, as she neared the top of the tree, Dorcas took out her father's machete and stared through the palm branches. Through the fronds, she saw a pink sky bursting over a sliver of crystal blue ocean. An eastern wind blew, and she could smell creole spices coming from the huts on the hill. The mamas were beginning their days already. She could taste the different kinds of savory rundown stew already, thick and creamy in her mouth, filling her palate with enough heat to face the day ahead. Gritting her teeth, Dorcas began to hack away at a bunch of coconuts with her pupa's machete. If she presented them to her pupa, then he might not punish her. He loved coconuts as much as she did. It's been 20 minutes since she has rolled the butter and cold water into the dry mix of flour, salt, and baking powder. Dorcas feels the grated coconut beneath her fingers, leaving plowed trails behind in the fresh white flakes. Its aroma brings her back to the shanties of Kingston, to the trees of her childhood. This part had always been her job when she baked with her pupa. But she must put the coconut flakes aside for the time being. Dorcas dumps the flour mixture onto the counter and begins to roll it into a smooth dough. The clumps become smoother and smoother as she kneads. Dorcas flattens out the dough, humming a song her pupa used to sing when he made this treat. She takes the glass from the cabinet and presses the rim into the dough multiple times until she has a couple dozen circles. Gingerly, Dorcas takes each circle in her hands and pinches their edges into seven small crimps. As she finishes shaping each pastry, she places them onto a greased tray. Once the pastries are all crimped, she sets the tray into the oven for ten minutes. Now it's time for her favorite part. Dorcas liked to take the long way back home, weaving through the alleys and catching the sounds of early morning in the shacks. Some radios blared, a couple fought, someone had startled the chickens. The stray dogs began their first chorus of the day. Dorcas's pace quickened as she let the sounds blend into one. Her nose caught a whiff of paprika, then of nutmeg, then of fried dough. The early sun rose higher in the sky, turning it into a brilliant shade of blue, bluer than the sea she knew lay in the distance. Dorcas dodged a few lines of laundry. She wasn't about to be chased away by women's brooms and scolding hisses. Finally, she reached her pupa's shanty. Its seashell curtains were already pulled back. The day had already begun at home. Her pupa's lover, Alvita, was sweeping by the front door. Siem Vidigel come back. Alvita glared at whom was supposed to be her stepdaughter, but she'd rather not have had this freak of a girl to feed under her roof. As soon as Alvita saw the bunch of coconuts in Dorcas's hand, she grinned, knowing the exact extent of Dorcas's rule-breaking. You've fought a new up yet. I'm no like that you gone. 
Dorcas heard the glee in her voice, so she said, I am like the coconuts more. She had to avoid the cane for her smart remark. Dorcas brings back the bowl of grated coconut, pouring it into the saucepan. She adds the right amounts of sugar, nutmeg, vanilla, and water, stirring them in. Her pupa used to add two pinches of cinnamon and one pinch of ginger at this point of the recipe, and Dorcas follows suit. The aromas mix together as they cook on the stove top. As soon as Dorcas takes out the baked pastries from the oven, she puts butter into the saucepan. It sizzles as the heat melts into the coconut mixture, which is turned into a delectable golden brown. As soon as it's done, Dorcas spoons the coconut mixture into the pastry shells. Once they're filled, she puts the pastries back into the oven for another 20 minutes. She remembers the time that she took a large bite out of one of the pastries without her pupa noticing. Dorcas can almost hear his deep laugh when he finally discovered her misdeed. Dorcas's father stared at his eldest daughter as he rubbed the back of his head. His oversized shirt hung off his shoulder, and it seemed like he could only find one of his thongs that morning. Alvita held her breath by the fire, hoping for a whooping of the century. No child of hers would ever have snuck off before dawn like that. Me donkey a chupsy, he said quietly, now stroking his beard. Dorcas bit down a smile. Alvita hated it when Dorcas showed that she knew what was to come. You need your own machete. Sanka de gal, Alvita began trying to point out the extremity of Dorcas's wrongdoing. Sanka waved off his common-law wife's comment. Dorcas, we got to make gizada. Come, God. Dorcas couldn't hide her smile as her father let her drink the coconut water before showing her how to grate the fruit's flesh into small flakes. Sanka guided her hands as they kneaded the dough together. Her younger half-siblings watched in envy as she scooped the coconut filling into the pastry shells, mouths watering at the rapidly dissipating aroma of gizada. Dorcas nearly burst from anticipation as the gazada finished baking. She grabbed the cloth to take the hot pan away from the flames, but her pupa stopped her. Today for me, tomorrow for you, he explained, taking the cloth away from her. Dorcas watched as her pupa balanced the hot tray of searing pastries to their small table. Once they were cooling on the table, she rushed to get plates for everyone. Dorcas doesn't want to admit it, but she nearly lets the pastries burn. Her mind was back there, in her childhood home, thousands of kilometers away, a full ocean away. The gazada is still piping hot when she puts one onto a plate. That's when she hears him enter the kitchen. His kind eyes watch her as she wordlessly gets him a plate for his share of gazada. Dorcas, he says in his deep baritone, inhaling the spicy sweetness of the pastry. She's reminded of the times when her pupa made gizada for her, for when they made it together. Today, it was her turn, her turn to make it by herself. He gives her an understanding smile, and Dorcas wants to retreat a little bit into herself. She wipes away a tear. Kusanka, he says softly, lifting his gizada towards her. Dorcas swallows and gently bumps hers against Ifa's pastry. Today would have been her pupa's 45th birthday. Tzanka, she echoes. Together, the married couple takes a bite of their flaky pastry. It's like her pupa is here again, 
his boisterous laughter filling the space, his sharp eyes brightening the room, his weathered hands shaping the pastries in a way that Dorcas hasn't quite managed yet. In this moment, what once was can happen again. Dorcas takes another enthusiastic, almost desperate bite, letting the sweet coconut filling slowly melt away on her tongue.